Opinionated Marketers, a podcast from Cambridge Marketing College. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, what a wonderful world it is. Um, I was trying to think of what, what to talk about, and I was, uh, admittedly, the sun was shining when I thought about it this morning. It, um, uh, that um, actually, it, it, it is a fairly um, positive world. Uh, at the moment, and we should be positive about it and, and think to the future um, in many respects. Um, we're in that period of time, which is the, the spring, when it's um, pleasantly warm, greenery is coming, the skies are blue, um, there's uh, energy falling out of the sky for those with solar panels, and um, you don't have to worry about anything like that. So you've got uh, a period of, uh, what, three months or more when everything is positive. Um, Maybe we get to the summer and we start to think, well, we have to uh, <clears throat> plan to endure the summer like we endure winter. Um, and therefore, spring and autumn are the two best seasons. But generally speaking, I think it was a very positive world. Any negative aspect out there has got at least two sides of uh, being positive about it. So, um, yes, no problem at all, really. It's an opinionated view, I suppose. Daniel, yes, are you getting this? Of course he is. I suppose I'm interested to know what the, the benefits of <laughs> compounding inflation at 10% are. Yeah. Oh, well, no, that's the interesting. Basically, you uh, you do two things, one of which is that you redress the balance of uh, your prices um, because too many companies have for a long period of time felt that they couldn't put their prices up when they really needed to do so, um, either to reposition themselves as being more uh, either um, – luxury orientated rather than massive consumption, um, or they were suffering from increased inputs but felt that because there was low inflation, they couldn't pass them on, and therefore they were getting squeezed and squeezed. Um, and in that respect, you quite often get companies who effectively were not viable um, and are so-called zombie companies, um, and uh, the result of which is that um, they should have gone to the wall years ago and uh, didn't, which should have created, therefore, the fluidity of employment, which we are now suffering a lack of. I do think we can be very negative. It's a little bit like we picked up last week when we were talking about the government alert scheme and saying, you know, as soon as somebody says they're going to try something, all the naysayers come out. Um, and, you know, the alert scheme... Did it work? No, but that's why you test it. You know, Precisely. Two million phones didn't get it, but actually that means a huge number of million did, but I haven't heard, I've not seen that part reported. Some phones got it late. Okay, fine, but at least they got it. And we know now. And actually yes. getting an alert um, for, uh, I don't know quite what they're going to use these for, but a tornado or something 20 minutes late won't matter. It's a bit of a problem. It's a four-minute warning because it's now seven, 16 minutes too late. But mostly I think they're going to be used for sort of, um, if they do use it, it's because it's some major event, that weather event that you need to know about. It's part of a systematic reappraisal of risk assessment, and um, we, we uh, there's a very interesting article in the Economist this week, which is about the fact that um, almost until the, we got to the point about perhaps the the Olympics that is what the article indicates that we became very blasé about everything was uh, uh, fine, dandy, and we shouldn't consider um, risks. Uh, but in reality, one always should consider risks because they may 
come out, the pandemic being the obvious example that perhaps should have been planned for but wasn't. Um, but that's only with hindsight. Um, so doing uh, things like this, which means you've got the mechanisms, is very good. I mean, up until the, where were we, 1970s, 1980s, actually it might even be been in the 2000s, we used to have a civil defence force. There isn't a civil defence force or civil def defence anymore. So um, uh, we have assumed that uh, there was nothing to worry about. Um, so, um, coming back to the positivity aspect of it, I think that um, there are things that one should plan for, um, but there are also things that one should take advantage of. So, there are opportunities uh, as much as there are downsides. So, that's why I see that uh, this time of year is definitely one when one should naturally be positive. I think it's one of the things you and I are always very keen on, isn't it, that one looks for the opportunities in things. I mean, we've been being opinionated now for a, over two years or so, and we've always said that one should look for the upsides in something as well as the downsides. And yes, um, <clears throat> Daniel is right. There aren't a huge number of upsides for inflation if your home um if finances are being squeezed. But from a business perspective, which is where we come from, there are upsides and there are things that one should look at. And maybe it does force a rebalance and a rethink. I mean, I still go back to the amount of innovation that small businesses did that came out of the the pandemic. And it, it, mm. it was incredible how quickly so, so many businesses, but particularly small businesses, could um, change what they did and meet local requirements. And it, there was this wonderful outpouring of just innovation and rethink. Um, and I'd hate us to lose that because we can do that at any point. I think we are naturally um, positive as as individuals. We just tend to, if we're not careful, get bowed down by um, mass media um, and um, groupthink. And in one respect, no, uh, you're right that the pandemic brought about a, a a statement within most of us that said, well, no, I can't just do nothing, so I've got to do something positive, um, and therefore I will. Um, otherwise, we do tend to be in the situation of going, oh, well, you know, it always seems to be too too bad, too gloomy, or it's um, too risky to, to do something. And I think uh, these days um, we should think much more positively about trying things and doing things. Um, I think the King's New um, Awards for Innovation and Entrepreneurship um, showed that there are many people around in the UK still who've got very good ideas about uh, innovation. And uh, in many respects, you know, we're, we're not aiming to be the next, next Elon Musk. We're just aiming to be successful um, to the level that we want to be. And that may well be you know, just to give ourselves some more freedom in our own lives. Um, and that's a topic that uh, perhaps we could talk about at another stage. So, okay, so the other big story this week has been the collapse of the CBI, a big business lobbying organisation in the UK, um, very high profile, um, now having a very, very high profile implode. Um, I'm intrigued now to see if we can find some positives there. If, if, if on the <laughs> very unlikely possibility that we picked up the phone and it was the CBI new um, chief exec coming in going, so what the heck would you do? It's a bit of a mess. Where would one start? 
Um, I think the positive side is that all of the industry trade federations now have the opportunity to step up and play a much greater role in representing individual industries to government rather than getting subsumed into a mass. Um, mm. I think that that means that you know, the innovative industries you know, should uh, talk directly to government about what it is that they need. And I noticed that Richie Sunak is starting a series of uh, uh, consultancy sessions or consultation sessions rather um, with people um, from various industry groups um, directly and I think that's good. Uh, I think quite a lot of um, people with industries were, were not represented very clearly via the CBI. It was too much of a, an amorphous mass. Um, in answer, well, I think you've probably got to start with a complete root and branch change. Um, uh, you'll certainly have to have a, a, a different terminology. So, it, it'll have to change its name. It'll have to be something better. Or alternatively, um, you know, it should merge with, with, with another organization. But unfortunately, the only other operation would have been the Institute of Directors, which went through something similar a few years ago, if I remember rightly. So, <laughs> I would love to see it do some more with something like the Federation of Small Businesses, because I always feel that small businesses mm. um, get a bit lost, and yet they are a huge proportion of the employers in the UK are small businesses, big companies with less than nine employees. It's not the big conglomerates that get all the headlines. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that for the future certainly needs to be you know, the way we go forward. And I think probably government would say that it's acknowledged that over the last few years because you, know, you have got to have regular rounds of innovation so that you are getting the new big companies of the future started, um, usually as small companies, um, and not relying on uh, stock markets, uh, financial institutions to um, bring about you know, uh, a, a, another unicorn. You want large numbers of uh, medium-sized organizations, um, the Mittelstadt, which keeps the German economy going, um, etc. So, I think, um, yeah, I, if he was on the phone, I'm not quite sure if I'd take the call. <laughs> I certainly would. I'm up, I'm definitely up for it. <laughs> Brilliant. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> lovely to speak to you as ever, Charles. Bye-bye. And uh, Daniel um, Fox, our lovely sound engineer, thank you also for interjecting this week. Like and subscribe to this feed for more podcast content. From Cambridge Marketing College.